it pains my heart to know that there's going to be people who are going to leave this earth, never one knowing their purpose or even trying to fulfill their dreams. And they're going to a job every day, day in and day out that they loathe, Mm -hmm. that they don't love for what? It is draining of your soul. It is draining of your spirit. It is draining of your mental health and your emotional health and well-being. And inevitably, it's draining on the relationships that you love unconditionally. So I would first ask people, what are you doing to fill your bucket up with joy? Every day. Not, I'll do it at night. Not, I'll do it on the weekend. Not, I'll do it when I take this one or two week vacation that I get or this mental health day. It is daily. What are you doing to fill your bucket up with joy? Hey, it's Breaking Barriers, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging podcast. We're here for real talk. We're not afraid to go there. And we want you to come away emboldened and energized to take action and make change. We believe our diversity, our differences, when joined together by a common set of ideals, makes us stronger. When I set out to help someone, uh, it is my intention to do just that. I'm not trying to do anything other than meet somebody at their humanity. Your world has changed, but your dreams shouldn't have to. That's why Kirkwood is your next best step. With affordable, flexible, and close-to-home options, now's a great time to start or finish your Kirkwood degree. Learn more at kirkwood.edu slash findyourfuture. Displaced or discouraged at work, Kirkwood can help you learn a new skill or totally reinvent yourself for a brand new career. With so many flexible and affordable options, you can get back on track fast. Learn more at kirkwood.edu slash find your future. What's happening, world? We're back again with another episode of Top Ranks Breaking Barriers brought to you by Kirkwood Community College. I am one of your co-hosts, Anthony Arrington, joined by my co-host, Nick Ford and Joy Briscoe. What's Hello, happening, y'all? Girl. What's happening? How you guys doing? We're going to have some fun again today. This show, we get raw. We get real. We get real. We're going to talk about it. So, Nick, tell us who we got today on our on our show. Certainly. So, uh, very excited to, to have you here today, Future. So, um, Future has over two decades experience in education and leadership. Her career expands across several industries, including the private behavioral sector, early childhood through higher education, and small business and large corporations. She recently served as the Wisconsin State Project Coordinator to Social and Emotional Learning and Mental Health. Prior to this position, she has served as Director for Social and Emotional Learning and Community Outreach. She's been an Assistant Principal, Program Coordinator, Special Education Teacher, near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, and a Behavioral Manager and Specialist all in the Brown Deer School District. Oh, I'm very familiar with that. But I have many school meets there uh, outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She's the winner of a 2018 North Shore Milwaukee Rotary Rotarian of the Year the 2018 North Shore Milwaukee Rotary's President Cup, and currently an executive board member for Rotary's World Affairs Seminar for high school students. She's a New York Times and Forbes-featured social-emotional leader and workplace wellness expert who works with institutions and organizations to enhance the education, health, and wellness of others. She believes change starts when people choose to sit with themselves uh, first and where they can have an impact on the world. Welcome, today and we look forward to our conversation with you me too thank you for having me hey future so we followed you for a while We, we, we tend to bring you. folks we on. We're we, we trying to we invite people That's to the we show that we stalk. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we see the people we stalk on. The show. We stalk yeah. But yeah. <laughs> we but we also attended diversity, equity, that inclusion, and belonging certification together. We we went through that course together. And the one thing I love about you Ed, that I when I met you, you're just a warm person, but um, you don't have a problem speaking your mind, <laughs> and you don't have a problem putting people in their in their place yeah. when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, sometimes that could scare people though. Yes. Like the the it could scare the the Mike, the the middle aged white CEO of Corporation ABC, right? Did and you just he might name see... him Mike Anthony? Did you just <laughs> just Mike? Yeah, it just sounded good, Mike. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa so Mike's offended. Yeah. No, Mike. no Mike's yeah. all any Mike's. Totally hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, Mike, the CEO of some company, right? Um, they might see you as the as the as the proverb is the proverbial angry black woman, right? Mm-hmm. The, this mm-hmm. person's mad. So. How do you get those mics of the world, no pun intended, Mike, how do you get those mics of the world to to really understand you, where, where you're coming from, in order to listen to you? Mm, that's a good question. And I agree. Some people, when they see or hear me, may look at me and judge and say she's angry. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I love building relationships and I love seeking an understanding of humanity. And I keep telling people I'm an ambassador for humanity, but we can't move forward and create ripples in the hearts and minds of people unless we join together and sit down and have what we are having. And that is a conversation, building a relationship so that you can build self-awareness, so that I can build self-awareness, so that we can collectively create an environment and spaces where all people can be heard, not judged but seen, heard, valued, and loved for what they have to say. And at the end of the day, I always sit here and as best as I can, a non-judgmental, loving, compassionate space and curiosity. I am the seeker of curiosity. I've always been inquisitive. My mom would tell you that from an early age, even till now. And that is why I'm constantly pushing. It is a labor of love for me to even show up how I show up, to have people expand their minds, to have people expand their consciousness to be free thinkers, to get outside of the box and do something that maybe you two are even fearful of. So it is continuing to embody myself in a loving manner while also saying to a person who may not know me that may judge me, I see you and I want to hear from you because you two are valued. And just for the audience to know, mom is here and she's nodding her head over there. So validation <laughs> already. Um, so I know you 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 talk a lot about, about self-care mm-hmm. and, and self-health. And I think in our space, that is so important. Yes. Um, even more so for the lived experiencers um, in the space. Why is that so important? And, and how do you get through to people that they do need to take care of themselves, even in troubled times that, you know, why it's so important? I think there's many reasons. And the last two and a half years have just piled on top many more reasons why. And I think people have to go to the data. The data does say something. We are living in the middle of a stress epidemic. And while the United States wants to tout we are fabulous and number one in many things, we are also number one in anxiety and depression. And those are facts. And we are also the United States and a a nation and a country that doesn't use our time, even though we have it to take off. We continue to overwork and sometimes bury ourselves in work, not only figuratively, but literally. We are burying ourselves. And as a nation, many of us are not healthy right now and not just healthy in physical being, in spiritual being, in emotional being, in our mental being. And if we are not living well, it is very difficult for us to show up and lead as well as we can. So that's why I keep saying to people to be here, to have your breath, to have these conversations right now is a blessing. We've had millions of people who have literally lost their lives. And each one of us listening can probably say, I know one person that I personally was touched by or a second connection that they did lose their life, whether that was to COVID or something else during the last two and a half years. 
So we have to give pause and space for there are a lot of people who are no longer here. So I question people of, can you do the best of work if you are not living your life to the fullest with being well? Because you can't project out love if you're not loving you. You can't project out wellness if you yourself aren't as well as you can be. So I stand in the space because you can't do the work unless you're living and leading well. So how do we combat the stigmas about mental health? I mean, obviously in the, in the black community, there's a big stigma. Uh, us as veterans, we a very big stigma there too. You know, you don't yep. get help. It's a sign of weakness. Right. How do you combat that and get to the point where we are a more healthy society mm-hmm. and we do seek help when we need it? and and take care of ourselves better. I think it is, again, relationships. Because once you have a relationship with somebody, you could understand what is relevant to them and what angle and what conversations and what topics to bridge or to lift and to celebrate. And you bring up a good point about the military. When COVID was going on, the the first week, it was March 13th, I remember, the school shut down and we were doing restorative practices, professional development for school-wide, district-wide. And the following week, we came back as a leadership team. And I said, you mark my words, we are going to have a mental health crisis on our hands. Two and a half years later, even a year later, what I said came true, unfortunately. And it was at that time that I started because I also build community in the school districts. So I started talking to the police officers to see what were they seeing at the time. And they validated that they were seeing more calls for mental health crisis. And it continues to be so. And they fit into that stigma as well, too, of you, even if you see something, don't say something and you numb your way through because it you can't get help or you can't let people know that you need help. So I think it's us who have experienced and gone through mental health issues and diagnosis speaking up to say, this is what I lived through. And because I was vulnerable and stood in my authenticity saying that I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and I suffered through and it was an awful time in my life. And I'm here to tell you and to help support you how I was able to get through that. And the more you can normalize and speak to this is what people are living with and living through. And you too may be doing that. You feel more vulnerable to say, I am I'm struggling too. And I don't know exactly how I can get help, but I can get help. And I'm going to do this not only for myself, but for the people that I impact and have relationships with every day. So I think it's getting to know people who have suffered or know people who have lived through it, building those relationships and then saying, I'm going to dedicate myself to pouring into me, building skills, having a knapsack of tools, because at any given point in our lives, we're each going to come to uh, a point where we're going to have to get over a gap and jump over the gap of not being so well. And it's at those moments of time that we could be building ourselves up so we have the tools when it actually comes to a really bad point in time that then we have nothing and we're floundering to say, I don't even have tools because I've never even practiced this. Why not practice the tools now and put them in place? I want to piggyback on that because Nick said something that triggered me. <laughs> um, <laughs> My favorite. Not in, a, in a good way because it's right, right? We're in, we're in this space, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. This is what we do for a living. However, when I look at your resume, I look at your background, I look at your work, mm-hmm. like I went to your website and I've known you for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't even see the word diversity. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see you talking about that, but I know that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. And I know that part of that is because, uh, and we can experience the traumatization, the, the, the traumatizing 
uh, of certain underrepresented populations that was exacerbated during the COVID. And it was doubly exacerbated because of George Floyd at the same time. Mm-hmm. So talk about how your work, your profession aligns with diversity, equity, and inclusion, because many people would look at you and say, well, she's not a diversity person. She's just a social emotional person. Exactly. So important. <laughs> Align those up for us. Okay. So a lot of people don't know the background of who I am or how I got into any of this work. Let's hear it. Okay. And I think <laughs> I will spread back to my mom because everybody's like, oh, you just got in this future or you're new to this. And okay, that is maybe your perception, but perception isn't always reality. And I have speaking my truth and being authentic because that's what my mom did 40 years ago Mm -hmm. of speaking her truth and saying, I'm going to go against the grain and marry somebody and love somebody based on the character instead of their color. Now, that pushback in the 70s left her losing a lot. And that's why I say if you're in the game or life of equity, be prepared to lose something Mm -hmm. while also gaining something. Mm -hmm. Because you might lose some wellness on some days. You might lose some friends. You might lose some contracts and some profitability with certain groups while also gaining a sense of wellness. I could sleep better at night. I have a different support system. So there's losses and their gains and there's a beautiful harmony or maybe people would call it balance. So the drive that I have came from her seeing injustices and speaking up about it. Then I catapulted into diversity and inclusion when I went back to work after college with students who had um, other abilities And I saw in the classrooms how they were being treated. And these students weren't students of the global majority. They were white students. Mm -hmm. And I was angered and I was frustrated and I was saddened by how the students who had other abilities were being treated in the classrooms. And they were getting minimal hands-on, minimal skills and being othered. And the classrooms weren't creating the classrooms of belonging. So I said, well, I'm going to speak up and say something. And I did. And they said, well, you have to go back for a master's. I had already done two bachelor degrees, two theses. So I said, "Okay, I'll go back for my master's. And I went back for my master's in special ed because I said I need to create the classrooms because this is injustice right in front of me. The kids aren't in a space of belonging. The kids aren't in a space that they are being seen and heard. So I went back. And that's where I started to see more diversity. But when we talk about diversity, I also look at it not just through the lens of race. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about diversity, you have to talk about diversity of mind, diversity of gender, diversity of religion, diversity of cultures. And our school systems, if you look at it, they're not very diverse in regards to that. Even if you look at the calendar on the days that the students are off, religious wise, Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's not centering all religions. So if we want to talk about diversity, if we want to talk about equity, if we want to talk about inclusion, then we too must have to free and expand our minds and say, how do we define diversity? Because oftentimes we will get into these debates and then two people won't sit down and say, here's my definition of diversity. Here's my definition of diversity. Now let's have a conversation. Diversity comes in many different shapes and sizes, and we all have something to bring to the table of our different experiences, but it's many different things. Socioeconomic status diversity. I could go through the list of the things that we try to bring to the table with all the students that I've worked with over the decade in regards to diversity and then creating those environments where they feel belong and creating equity for those spaces. So 
I am entrenched in diversity and I'm more entrenched in equity and belonging because people continuously leave their jobs, leave their communities, leave their homes, leave their families if they don't feel included or that they don't belong. Right. And to me, maybe I'm missing it because that's where it ties the social and emotional trauma mm-hmm. in the back and the self-care Correct. Um, to these inequities because Correct. it exacerbates them. And, you know, I see that, you know, I have this, this saying I call brush your teeth moments. And you, you kind of said with the self-aware, you can't really lie to yourself. No. And when you're alone, you know, you, you, the truth is going to look you dead in your face every day. And I don't care what side of the coin you, you're on, whether you believe that there's inequalities or you believe that there's not inequalities. Reality is in your face and it won't lie to you. So right. I, I always knew that about you. I mean, I met you. I just I look at you as a diversity and inclusion champion. I don't even think of you as a social and emotional expert, but that's what you do for a living. And that's kind of cool. It's so funny because that, so when I read your bio and okay. stuff, some of why I, w- why I was excited is because I know, like from the DIB lens, that's been around for a while now. Mm-hmm. People have dived in after 2020. Right. But merging DIB or that intersection of wellness mm-hmm. and DIB is kind of a new and emerging thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I was so excited to talk to you because, A, y- your passion is in educational institutions, mm-hmm. as a lot of my work has been there, too. And so having those conversations, what do you say to people that you know that school districts are doing so much more with so much less? Right. And so we've got gaps in achievement. We've got lower socioeconomic. We've got all of these things. What do you say to those people that say, you know, we don't have the time or the effort or we can't right now focus on social emotional learning? What do you say to those individuals out there or we can't prioritize? Because I know Mm -hmm. it's very important because of all the things that we talked about. But some of each of us, while we have these roles, are because everybody else maybe isn't on board for that. So what do you say to those individuals out there? I love that question, Joy, because that's a better version of what I was going to say is, what the heck is wrong with our education system? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I might have said it, man. I'm not to said it like that. What the heck's going on? What is going on? So what do we, because I, I think that that is a big issue yeah. with our educational system currently is that we don't put enough effort and energy into creating spaces of belonging and also using social emotional learning to do some of that. And so what do you say to those people out there maybe listening right now that are like, you know, okay, I get that. But when we have to teach, mm-hmm. how can we focus on this when we have to teach? Mm-hmm. Now, I kind of know a little bit, but I want you to share in your words, okay. what would you say to those individuals? I think I put my coaching hat on. Yes. And I put my coaching hat on because the last two and a half years have given us opportunities. Instead of looking at all of these things as if they're challenges, they are opportunities yes. that are sitting right before your own eyes mm-hmm. that you could choose to take action on or not. So what are you going to do with the opportunity that you have been given is the first thing. The second question that I would ask people to reflect on is, in your classroom, in your halls, in your activities, in your after school, in your community, the children are learning social-emotional skills. What social-emotional skills are they learning that you're personally modeling and not even speaking? Mm-hmm. And, and would you be proud if your child was sitting in that classroom, if your grandchild was sitting in that classroom, if you don't have children but you're paying taxes in your community, if you have a home, would you be happy that that is what the children are learning, those skills? Because these children 
these young adults are going to grow up and be in the organizations that we all work in now. So would you like them to transfer their skills and embody those skills in two years, in five years, in 10 years? Because we are teaching them without saying something. Mm -hmm. So why not take time to infuse it into every class, into every activity to build skills that I think every single one of us in here would say, we didn't get taught this directly in school and we had to just figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have adults sitting here today. I could pull up headline after headline that aren't well at emotionally regulating, mm -hmm. don't do well at being self-aware, aren't building positive relationships, mm -hmm. responsible decision-making is lacking, and the social awareness for all of humanity, all of their community, all of their state, all of their nation can be improved upon. Why? Because they didn't build upon, harness, and keep practicing those skills so that those skills can be better. Why would you not give that beautiful gift to the kids right now? Let's let's go there, like we say on this show. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. Um, I know institutions right now that uh, we have experience with mm -hmm. that have a real challenge with the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm significant challenges. And I'm thinking about what you said, because ultimately the culture has to make those decisions, but Correct. those cultures, the culture is made up of the people and a lot of leaders, mm -hmm. teachers, administrators. How do we get, I think what I hear you saying is that many of those leaders themselves don't have the no social emotional intelligence Correct. to navigate through this. So it's easy for them to turn their back or to stand down against a silent mm -hmm. minority who is not advocating for, for those underrepresented people. Correct. What do you, how, how can we help those leaders get over that hump and continue to, to take those arrows, those challenges, those, the resistance that they get, because it's their job to continue to infuse that into the institution. Correct. It's part of their job. It's not their entire job, but how do you help those leaders come through that challenge? Okay. That's a great question. I think it's a twofold. We too need help. And a, a great leader knows that they will need help and that they need help from people and that you don't know what you don't know. And we shouldn't penalize people for not knowing. We should penalize people for not knowing and not doing something to the better doing. themselves. So one, it is okay to say, I don't know and I need help in regards to this. I remember many years ago, we had a student that was transitioning. They were transitioning from a, a, a woman to a male. And that was a big to-do in our community of, oh my gosh, you're going to let them go into this bathroom and what about this? And all these questions unraveled of, well, I believe this. And at the end of the day, let's talk to the child. Yes. Because we forget oftentimes, you may not be ready for this as a leader, but if the community... If the voices around are saying we are ready for this, so you need to come along, use those voices that are saying, can we help you? Use those voices around that are saying, we're curious or what are you going to do? Student voice is very impactful and we used it often. Get the voices of what the students have to say. It doesn't mean that you have to do exactly what they're saying, but to be self-aware, to hear what they have to say of areas you're lacking in areas you can improve on, 
celebrations, those glows and grows of human being of what the school district is doing or the leader is doing is very important. So I think it's one getting getting and hearing all the voices and being open to do that and open to sitting with it because those voices mean something. And sometimes there's tough critics out there, but it doesn't mean that that isn't important to hear, too. While also saying as a leader, this is what is coming to me. How can I build my skills? Isn't that what we're in leadership for? Every day you want to be a better leader. I don't know what I don't know, but I have a ton of resources. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes there's some money you could figure out to even get that knowledge, get the skills so that you too can grow. So I think it's a twofold of we can help you while also let's talk through. Sometimes you're going to have to be coached. Sometimes you're going to have to seek consulting and it's okay. But are you listening to what the voices have to say or not? Right. And are you listening to, to your voice? Because I think a lot of times we've seen, and, and Nikki, we've had this conversation where leaders talk, talk, but mm-hmm. when the rubber hits the road, you're not socially and emotionally aware. Maybe that's right. the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for you to back off and Correct. quit. We're dealing with one right now where it's really easy. It, w- it would be really easy for this individual to back off and quit, but we're coaching them through. Mm-hmm. How to not do this, and you, you have to. It's almost like working out. You know the pain's coming, right? Right. But if you're willing to be stronger, are you willing to go through the pain? You do it when you do push-ups every day. Correct. You say, "I'm going to do 11 exactly. today. Tomorrow, I'm going to get to 15." That's Love what we're. Mm-hmm. I'm old, I'm man. Three. I'm old. <laughs> oh shoot! Make me feel good. <laughs> yeah. The glows and the grows. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love that. You. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. There's a because you're on social media too and LinkedIn and all that. There was a post the other day I want to talk about because. I'm curious also, like, I haven't even talked about with Joy and Anthony about this yet. Okay. Is, um, and it comes up a lot with our discussions. Is it's hard, there was a two points of view. One, one was one way, one was the other about being an activist mm-hmm. and being in, in the DEBIB space. Mm-hmm. And that there's one train of thought saying you can't do both. And there's others that say you can. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting watching the back and forth. We, mainly, we, we do talk about these sometimes, these things we see on, on social mm-hmm. media. What are your thoughts on that? I just want to ask who's the judge? Like, who's the first <laughs> I know, I know. person that who says, right? Says, yeah. Go with God now. Now it's yeah. yay or nay. Like, yeah. it's so funny that people think that's some of the issue. People think we have the power to regulate. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Then. That is that is a good one, right? right? <laughs> I think this is my answer for a lot of things. We want to do either ors a lot of times. Yes. Either this is right and that's wrong, or that's right and this is wrong. And I have people reflecting on why can't it be a both and? Yes. I truly believe there are some people who are DEIB and activists. And why can't they? Because society tries to put us in these boxes. Pick a lane. Why should I have to pick a lane if I am strong and if I have the knowledge base and if I could have an impact in both things or three things or four things? I shouldn't have to pick a lane. So therefore, my answer to you would be, I think it depends. What what are all the variables? Who's the person? What's the impact? Right. Because outcomes matter. Impact matters. So what do the people say right. about the people that they are trying to judge? Well, it's funny. And I, I'm glad you asked that. We talk about this a lot, right? We, we talk we, about yeah, it a lot. You know, we, and I think we made a decision early on that, because Anthony, you're very much probably considered an activist as well. That, that if that becomes an issue with our business, that's okay. We, and we, we have to ask that. that. And we've, yeah. we've and talked think, about that. I think that. there is a line there where like, okay, well, yes, you might lose some business, mm-hmm. 
But we're okay with losing some business anyway, depending on the fit. So <laughs> to us, it's almost like an extra filter. Yeah, yeah I, always, I always wonder, like I so. said, even just the discussion for me, myself, it's very, um, it's interesting because sometimes I feel like it's a, it's, it's an attempt to get people in a box, mm-hmm. right? And people don't understand that in itself. My daughter and I were sharing, that's why I picked up my phone. We shared on, you've probably seen it, where they, there's this, um, these roles that you play in transforming a uh, racial equity in an ecosystem, right? And so my daughter was telling me, she sent it to me, and at the same time, I happened to be researching it on something else. So it was so funny because I'm like, okay, let's have this conversation. And she was telling me her friend saw her in this role, mm-hmm. but she kind of saw herself in another role. And I was like, well, it's probably both, mm-hmm. right? Like when I look through the roles that I probably have played as a company, as a founder, as a small business, it it, it changes. It's not always yeah. the same. Yes. And, I, and, and I think that there are certain times and certain situations you are called on to be different mm-hmm. and you don't want other people's limiting beliefs to say, well, no, I don't know you over there. I don't know you as a small business mm-hmm. owner. So right. you're a black woman. So you can't be a managing partner with top rank because there isn't any of them. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to say at the school district, how dare you think about being an entrepreneur? How much would the world miss if we didn't have that gift yeah. in the future exactly. coming out and doing her own thing? Or so, I, I didn't see you. Uh, I saw you marching last week in the streets. You can't be in the corporate office <laughs> exactly, today. Exactly. Exactly. How, how, how are you in the suit today? You was marching last week. I'm wearing my comp- Right. In so, the suit. That's, right. that's exactly. a great point. Right. Exactly. I always used to say this to Nick. I don't know what I am. I think I'm an activist today, Nick. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because it, activist, by definition, right, is to to disrupt, right, to mm. agitate the system. Right. But you're perceived as a pariah or mm-hmm. some something negative. And I do think you can do them both. Yeah. Right. What do you think? Maybe the I mean, system needs to be disrupted. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think it, it it can be both. Yeah. And I think it's what you said, too. There's times that maybe I don't have to put that role on. There might be another activist in the room and one is fine. We might need me to speak up in a moment of time where maybe you need two or three activists. Okay, right. What's the situation? There's so many different variables that go into this at any given moment in time. I can't sit here and say this is what it is Mm -hmm. without knowing all the other little tiny variables that have a big impact on what it would be right. or the decision I would make that it is. And I am one for saying, I'm not going to sit here in a box because people told me that forever. Well, you're DEIB future or just do social emotional oh, leadership. Exactly. Right. Okay. Why would I do that when I have experience at the state level and for many years with mental health? So I can't do that too. And I've been focusing on equity for decades. So I'm not supposed to do that either. I'm supposed to pick just one. I don't think we should do that to people because we have beautiful gifts and talents, Mm -hmm. especially as business owners. Think about it. I am my PR. I am my marketing. I am my content creator. I'm allowed to wear all those roles if I'm an entrepreneur. But how dare you do it if you're DEIB and an activist at the same time? Right. Well, right. Because historically, right, activists are are anti Everything. Corporation, right? Mm-hmm. They're anti. It's it's always perceived as an anti, right? Mm-hmm. It's the words matter. So the word activist has this connotation that it can't be a positive thing. Right. That we're all uh, activists has to be breaking a window or or or, or uh, running into a courtroom and shouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's the case on some days. That, that might be necessary. Yep, that is true. Mm-hmm. Well, stop. There's nothing necessary about breaking window. Let me just get that out there. Let me just get that out but there. The act of disruption. But the Correct. act of disruption yes. matters, right? I always have these conversations um, with people who say about the kid who breaks the window. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's get to the, we love root cause. Mm. Let's get to yeah. the root. Why did he break the, the window? Root, a third yeah. grader knows it's wrong to Correct. break the window. Right. See, I'm right. going to coin a new term. I'm tired of activist word anyway. Positive yeah. disruptor. Yeah. Positive yeah. disruptor. Good trouble. Right? Well, Nick's on a roll today. Good yeah. trouble, right? <laughs> someone, someone hashtag that quick. Someone, someone. Positive disruptor. Positive disruptor. It's just, again, because you get words like that where it's like, okay, like Marie's over there looking it up to see if it's already out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you, you hear these terms and you hear activists and people have a negative connotation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? And I'm like, we can, we have the power, like right now, we can even redefine the things that people have negative mm-hmm. connotation with. Like I have been waiting like, for like someone to come up to me and say something about, um, <laughs> oh gosh, what's the one, the phrase that everybody hates that they never taught in elementary school, but it was used, oh gosh, oh gosh, you guys know what I'm talking this about. Is this is one of the ones in their, their book we just yeah, read the, Yes, yes, yes. Oh, what is the phrase? So it's super popular What doesn't kill right you now, makes you stronger? Where they're like, oh, well, no, you can't teach that to kids because I, with oh, 1619 uh, Freedom School is, yeah. or, or 1619, yeah. and I'm like, we never taught that to school. Like, I, I'm, I'm yeah. tired of Letting critical other people, race theory, critical race, critical race theory, theory. Yes. Yes. yes, critical CRT. It's so and it's or like, I like to call it real history. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so I'm in this state of time where I'm like, let's just redefine it. Like, like, like it, it. Not redefine it, but we don't have to let the. We have as much of a voice as the people that sometimes seem to be louder with their ignorance, right? right. And so, critical race theory was never taught in K twelve right. education. Never. Not even to say that some elements of it shouldn't have been, right? Let's have that discussion. But it never was. So, no, I'm not going to have this conversation with you when I'm trying to talk about black history in a classroom and you've somehow equated it to CRT. Right. Right away, it means that we aren't on the same level. (laughs) That's what made me think of something. And I think you'd be a good person to answer this. Okay. (laughs) So I had a a white woman call me a couple weeks ago. And uh, actually, she called me a couple months ago. We went and had lunch and she wanted to talk about uh, her role as a career coach. And she's trying to help folks at an institution. And most of the athletes at this institution are black, okay. football and basketball. So as a white woman, she's struggling trying to reach them mm-hmm. and trying to figure out ways to help them understand there's life after sports. You're not, everybody's not going to the NFL or the NBA, a lot, a lot, a lot. And, and she called me because she wanted, she felt like she doesn't want to feel like a white savior. She doesn't want to feel like she's coming in trying to, <coughs> excuse me, save people. Mm-hmm. We met, gave her some, connected her to some folks on the in the organization. She called me a couple of weeks later, wants to have lunch again. She goes, "I've been reading book, I've been researching." She goes, "And I, I'm just really nervous. I feel like I can't use my voice the way I want because I'm going to be perceived as this white savior again." And what I'm, what I'm think, my question to you is, how do we help white people, particularly white women, in these positions? who feel like they do want to be an activist, Mm -hmm. but they're scared to talk because of the perception that they're a white savior. Mm -hmm. How do they navigate that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question. (laughs) And what I'm laughing, I'm chuckling in my mind, but I'm going to chuckle out now. Now, Right now is I actually co-facilitate with a white woman and we do interracial sisterhood. Oh, Mm. okay. And we do it because there are many white women that you're finding that are saying, hey, I would like to be an ally or a co-conspirator or I want to help. And at the same time, I don't know how or I feel I'm going to be judged or I don't feel I should be in this space. Mm -hmm. So I I think where you need to start is that saying, where are you at on this journey? Getting really in tune with yourself in silence to say, this is where I'm sitting right now. 
and acknowledging your own awareness of, I don't know this, or I do need to know this. What am I willing to lose? What am I willing to gain? How much am I willing to push through the uncomfortable emotions that you inevitably face Mm -hmm. on this journey? How long could you withstand those uncomfortable emotions? How long could you withstand maybe some relationships being severed? Relationships being, it is real talk, relationships being increased and a new body and beings coming in, not only for yourself, because it's Mm -hmm. a transformation and evolution of self, but also for the other people. So I think it's sitting with yourself first before you go do anything. You have to get an understanding of you first. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, now what do I want to do? Do I feel like I need to go into the space? Because my voice is important too. And there's not enough of us. As many people want to say, oh, there's so many people in DEIB. Is there really? No. Okay. There's there's not enough of us because if we could do all the work, then the work would have been done already. Right. Yes. We wouldn't exactly. still be doing it. Fits right with our vision. Exactly. And we don't want to do this anymore. Okay. Well, and it's one of the reasons we talked about the type of folks we wanted to have on yeah. this on our podcast exactly. is other practitioners because there ain't enough of us. So we don't know right. it all. There so, isn't. Yeah. And, and we have to get out of the scarcity mindset. Yes. There's an abundance and we can all do this if we wanted to. And we actually should be doing it. Equity yeah. is the lift should. of all. So yes. it's not you over there are doing it. No, we all should be doing it. Yeah. So I think it's the people, and I tell my co-facilitator this, she's going to be able to get into doors that I would never be able to even dream of. And that's real talk. As much as I would like to change that before I leave this earth and take my final breath, I don't know if that's going to happen. We've been doing it for 40 something years. My mom and I literally... So I still sit here and I think even when my daughter is 40, I will probably still be saying the same thing of it could be better. So I look at what doors could you get in, knock on the front door, not the back door, not the window, and actually have the door open for you for those spaces and those faces to actually hear you, Mm -hmm. to sit with the information that you're giving, and for them to choose to be aware, acknowledge apologize and take action. Mm -hmm. It's the four A's. So you might get people to do those four A's that I can't. And then I say, well, why not? Then go into the door and have those conversations with the people, whether you're getting paid for it or not getting paid for it. Because that's another debate of white people shouldn't be getting paid for this work either. Right. They don't want to pay anyone for the work. (laughs) I was going to say. Yeah. Don't pay anybody for this work. It's like, yeah. No, and I'm glad you mentioned that because you know, we've had this very frank conversation here, here, top rank. We are deliberately, we got a white man, a black man and a black woman. We all got disabilities. We got military veterans. We walk our walk, but it, it, it could be challenging mm-hmm. if you're not ready for that. Correct. It could be challenging mm-hmm. for, for a Nick to have to take arrows from family members mm-hmm. or, and, and we have this talk about, you know, Jimmy's not going to want to invite you to Thanksgiving anymore, things like that. Like those are, and so I'm, I feel like I have social emotional learning because mm-hmm. these yes, are the things yes, that I was yes, telling yes. this white woman. I said, you have to sit with yourself. I said, if you believe in this work, I'm telling you right now, the arrows are coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to get chastised. Somebody's not going to invite you Correct. somewhere. You might lose a friend. I can't answer that question for Probably you. Probably from and both sides. Like me, right. don't give a shit. Because <laughs> and even communities of color aren't even always right. like you might want to do the work, but, but the fact and you might be doing the work internally. You might be educating yourself. You might be training. But still, because of trauma that communities of color have experienced, until you build a relationship with people that you don't know, you know, it's not always going to be open arms. Come on in. Yeah. And they may view you like that. So it's not even just on one aspect of 
now I can't go, you know, with my my dad's golf buddies, but also the people that I, I, I really want to help and I really want to impact in these things. But I have to take the time and energy into building those relationships with people as yeah. well. And so can be rewarding. Right. Mm-hmm. And it should be rewarding, but it's going to definitely take work and you have to be aware of that. Well, well, I, I, and I think as, as, a, as the white man in the group, I mean, um, you know, I recognize, too, like there's certain events that like uh, we've talked about before is like if it's Black History Month, I'm not going to be a speaker at it. I'll tell you who should be a speaker at, but I'm not going to speak at it. I may be on a panel with a bunch of other folks, maybe get my point of view on it. But I, I think that that's where a lot of people have that distaste is there are folks that look like me that will do it. Mm-hmm. And and maybe should do it. Well, I, uh, yeah, maybe. It's, it's, but it's a debatable. I, it's, you know, I, I just I just have a heartache with that. It, it is. It's, just, it, it's personally, I have a heartache that, you know, oh, I don't feel. Along, right? you know, I feel like I right. can talk yeah. at it. Yes, but I would bring some along. Yeah. They yeah. should talk at it. Right. You know, just like when we facilitate, it's, I may be in the room, but I'm not the only person in the room. So, right. you know, and I think that's key. And, and I, that's why I really appreciate you talking about that because mm-hmm. um, it, it, you're right. There's, there's so many different views on that. And, and, uh, well, you're my white savior, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't just save myself. I don't know how to save else. So. <laughs> no, great, great point. Great that point. Is great great point. point. That is a great point. Well, no, we got we got audience questions. We got questions, but we do oh, have okay. questions. We do try to take an audience question okay. or two. So today we decided to take an audience question from our Dr. Dre producer, Maurice right. Davis from Cedar Today's Rapids. This question comes from our producer, Maurice from Cedar Rapids. How do you get organizations who say they are socially and emotionally aware to recognize that they have a diversity issue? Mm-hmm. I think it comes re- reflective questions. If you show me your data, I'm going to show you your bias. Let me repeat that again. Come on. If you show me your data, I will show you your bias. And I think well-intentioned people can have an impact and cause harm too. Mm-hmm. Good people could cause harm. Good people could be racist. And sometimes you didn't even look at the data or you would never look at the data with a lens of the way culture facilitators would, with the lens of people who have been doing the equity work for years would look at it. So you may never even find it in your data and say, oh, we never even noticed that our board was all white. We never even noticed it was all male. So I think it comes to, Let's sit down and have a look at your data. What do you see in your data? What do you not see in your data? What are your celebrations? Because I don't believe in beating people up either. I think it's a bad practice. And I think that is what gets people to say, I'm not going to go on this journey when we need everybody going on this journey. So what can we celebrate about what they are doing? You could you could pick glimmers of hope and light and beauty out of anything. So celebrate it while also acknowledging these are our grows. What what areas do you need to grow? And not giving it to them, have them see it for themselves mm-hmm. and guiding them along of, oh, I, I didn't even realize. Okay, so we had the aha light bulb moment happen. Now what do we do? Because what do you want to do with the information that you have? To have the information is one thing. There's lots of people that have had the information and the data for centuries, (laughs) Mm -hmm. for decades, for years. And you're just sitting on that information. That doesn't take action. That's not going to improve. It's just going to be exactly as it is, upholding the status quo, which is not serving many of us. So I think it's taking that data and saying, 
what do we want to take action on now? You can't do it all. Yep. You can eventually, but what is the one piece that you're going to start on right now to make the improvements? And here's the other thing I'd warn people because people are, I've talked to numerous people on this. Well, we need more diversity here. Okay. Okay. And I, let's take a pause because if you didn't cultivate the soil mm, yes. for diverse people to be there, right. you will get diverse people in. The diverse people will not stay. Right. So retention will be awful and you're going to be filtering and saying, see, we don't have any diversity. No, it's because you didn't sit in your own self-awareness and acknowledge who you are, how you're showing up and how you could be better to have the diverse people stay there. What belonging spaces are you creating? Right. What are you creating? And, and to that point is when people become overly data driven. Mm hmm. They look at that data, and, and when the data next year shows that they didn't hit some number, they're not looking at the social-emotional mm -hmm. part of that puzzle. Right. They're looking at, oh, my God, we got to go recruit again. We didn't invest enough money over here. Yep. But maybe your problem was you have a social-emotional issues right, right well, in your and, back And not door. only do those people leave, social media nowadays, that word gets around. Mm -hmm. Now it's even harder for yeah. you to try Correct. to have a diverse hiring strategy, which mm -hmm. drives me nuts anyway, but... I mean, it's just it's it's just like a self perpetuating. You know, we say prophecy. belonging first, yeah, like belonging literally, first. belonging first. I agree. If you yeah. cultivate a space that that people feel valued at mm -hmm. work, they feel like they can be their authentic selves at work. They will go mm -hmm. and they will be your marketing. Yeah. Exactly. They will go say you want to work here, right? Yeah. Like the places that we've heard about that are awesome to work at. We all heard about it, and typically. It wasn't necessarily a commercial on TV no. or social mm -hmm. media. Word of mouth. It was word of mouth. It yes. was yep. my friend said, I heard this. Someone made a Facebook post. It was something like that. Yeah. Very organic marketing. Yep. And so from a marketing standpoint, start there first. Like yeah. start by investing in your culture. You have to have a retention plan. I so agree with you on that. Like retention has to be a part of your recruitment strategy first, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I think of too with people is, you are sitting in, we want to do all this stuff and not pausing. It's a, a treadmill of action items, not understanding right. what is going to be the impact. What do we hope to be the impact? Did we take a pause and reflect instead of go, 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 go? Because sometimes you could go faster by going slower and acknowledging what is happening or what's not happening is right. going the way that you want it to be. So I think... With the retention, people need to ask themselves, have I ever been the only one? And I'm going to ask that question very candidly for people to sit and reflect on. Have you ever been the only one? And I yeah. want all of you to recall that. And what have, is that like? Yeah. Right. Have you ever been the only male, the only white male, the only woman, the only veteran? Mm -hmm. Right. How long of a time did you have to sit in that space? And through that moment of time, and a lot of the people who are looking for diverse candidates, whether that's racially diverse, religious diversity, mindset diversity, whatever you want to call it, they have never really for a long period of time had to sit as the only one. Mm -hmm. So they have no idea, mm -hmm. no idea what it takes for a human being to have to go into that place of work seven, eight hours a day, five days a week all year round mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and deal with that and deal with it. Yep. Yeah. 
Great question, Maurice, Dr. Dre Davis. Thank you, Dr. Dre. We appreciate Dre. you. <laughs> great, great question. Great question. Well, look, we uh, uh, as we say with all our guests, we've got to have a part two or something going on here because we could talk all day. But I want to make sure that if there's anything related to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging or social emotional intelligence that you want our listeners to know that we haven't talked about today that that would be a good nugget for them to take nugget away. Alert. Is, nugget alert. Nugget alert. Nugget, nugget hey, alert. Hey, I like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, 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 no cut down, Maurice. We need a soundbite. Well, I like to take a roll today. You're going to smack me later, but, you know. You're on a roll today, man. Yeah, I like that. Nugget like alert. That. But anything that you want our readers to take away that we haven't talked about, mm-hmm. our listeners? I think several things. The first thing is, what is bringing you joy? Because it pains my heart to know that there's going to be people who are going to leave this earth, never one, knowing their purpose or even trying to fulfill their dreams. And they're going to a job every day, day in and day out, that they loathe, Mm -hmm. that they don't love. For what? It is draining of your soul. It is draining of your spirit. It is draining of your mental health and your emotional health and well-being. And inevitably, it's draining on the relationships that you love unconditionally. So I would first ask people, what are you doing to fill your bucket up with joy? Every day, not I'll do it at night, not I'll do it on the weekend, not I'll do it when I take this one or two week vacation that I get or this mental health day. It is daily. What are you doing to fill your bucket up with joy? What are you doing? Would be my question. And I would ask all of you. Can I ask you to share out what are you doing? One sentence. What are you doing in this moment of time, this week, this month, this year? To fill your bucket up with joy. Absolutely. Well, I can answer right now. Making beats. Tonight I'll be in the studio. All okay. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's my joy. Okay. Oh, I have so many of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I just love life. Uh, you know, I spend time with family. You know, I, I, after being yeah. in the military for 21 years, you know, there's a lot of times I wasn't with my family. Mm-hmm. And my, sometimes I think it drives my wife nuts that now I want to be with her all the time. But <laughs> I think sometimes she'd be like, isn't it time for you to see? <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, just spending time with family and appreciating every moment I have. Cause I mean, I, I have friends that are younger, even than me, that have lost family members already. And it's like that time just isn't always there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me. And, and I spend time with joy to get my joy. Yes. Life, so. <laughs> with joy to For me, uh, family and purpose. I think that, um, I, I probably came into this work in this line, a very windy, twisty way. But now that I'm here, I definitely it's purpose. Right. And when you, get into a place where you're doing your purpose-driven work, Mm -hmm. you almost have to sometimes push back from the table because there's something that drives you to keep on going. Mm -hmm. So like right now to fill my bucket, I've realized that this work for some, for me, it does fill my bucket Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I feel like, like God has me on earth or or whoever your higher power is for me is God. I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm here to do some of this and to leave some type of impact in this work and to, to give it my all to make the world better for my kids and the next generation and the poor and the people. So for me, it's a mixture of like my family. I have a 13 year old. That's the youngest and the last one's still at home. And so she is a mixture of joy. Most days, <laughs> teenager, yeah, sorry, the teenager. other days. Exactly. Yeah. So her as well. But I then also, it. I mean, just having conversations like these. It's always a joy, just in different ways sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Okay. The other thing I would tell people well, hold is. On. What's yours? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, you we need your bucket. Yeah. Um, Nature, ah. getting outside and just breathing the fresh air. Yeah. In nature, seeing nature. 
uh, going for a walk, being with the trees. Nature is a, a big bucket of joy filler for me. And it doesn't matter if it's 20 degrees or 92 degrees. Oh. So I have to get outside. I'm struggling right now. Yeah, I'm I, a fair weather nature I, person. I work outside a lot and it's going to be a tough winter. Mm. I, someone asked me, you know, or I was telling somebody, architects, they get paid all these millions of dollars to create buildings with light. And I said, I just sit outside and God gives me my light and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pay for it. <laughs> my last thing is don't forget to be present because I think there's so many people that they're walking around with their minds full and not being mindful. I'm going to say that again. There's so many people that are walking around with their minds full, but they're not mindful. And what I've learned on this journey, and that's why I want to pass these nuggets forward, is there's so many people that are standing and present in being, but not present in mind when they're with people because they're thinking about all the past regrets or all the past harms or all the past things that they missed out on. Or they're so focused on the future. I need to plan ahead. I need to do this. And while you're focusing on the past, you're focusing on the future. You're missing this beautiful moment, it's, which is the present yeah. moment right I here. That. I got to remind myself of that and take the electronic toy away when, yes. yeah. you know, exactly. um, I think we all got to be better at that. So, so that's my two Thank nuggets. You. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you again. I was getting to, we, we appreciate your time and uh, we hope we can do this again and, and keep changing the world. Keep being vocal online and then we're going to keep following you. So thank you for the work you do. Thank you. Everyone else get online and follow future Kane. Yes. Follow future Kane. Future, what do you have coming up? Whoo! What don't I have coming All up? All right. Um, I'll be traveling several different places okay. in the upcoming year. Um, just helping people with their work. So I think those are upcoming things, but obviously I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I just got on Twitter recently. Uh, I don't know how I'm feeling about that yet. Ah. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. done. I'm, I'm done. Right. I'm done. Just letting you know. I pulled the plug. <laughs> I don't believe in cancel culture, but I'm done. Right, right. So you can follow me anywhere, but I'm pretty personable. I'm private, but personable is what I like to tell people. So if you have a question, um, feel free to ask. I try to respond to everybody because we're in this together. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Future. We really appreciate you for being a guest on Breaking Barriers. We're, we're, I want a sound for that, too. I'm going to go, wah, wah. <laughs> yes. Every time we say Breaking Barriers. So, take note of that, Maurice. So, Maurice. Please don't take a shot every time we say Breaking Barriers. I'm going to get a drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A uh, big shout out to our five-star presenting sponsor, Kirkwood Community College. We appreciate your partnership on this podcast. Also want to give thanks to our friends of Breaking Barriers, Tyler Lincoln Barnes, DDS, and Community Savings Bank. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up and send your questions, comments, suggestions to info at toprank.talentsolutions.com. Thank you. Special thanks to our listeners out there. We, we couldn't leverage the work we're doing, and we hope that you find this on your favorite podcast platform. We'll also be on YouTube as well, and make sure that you, you share this love and you share this passion about the work that we're doing and, and the great knowledge and, and minds that we're bringing onto the show. So we appreciate that. Our next episode, we haven't had the official next date yet, but look for these to drop. We're looking at dropping every second. And first and third week. First and third of the week month, yeah. of starting the month. in January. So we'll have a third one in December and then, or our second one in December, and then we'll hopefully every other two weeks then. We'll and keep an eye on us. Again, my producer's over there looking at me like, oh, man. Yeah, we got you busy. Good stuff. Couldn't do without our producer. So we could not do without our producer. Thank you. All right. We hope you take whatever you heard with you on your journey to change hearts and minds when it comes to DEI and B. That is the hard work. 
And we want you with us. Until, Until next time, right? Until yep. next time. So break some barriers. Break some barriers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Advancing equity is not a one-year project. It's a generational commitment. There are too few people in the world willing to be the domino. Too few people willing to take that fall.